Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, dear ladies. I wonder what the weather is like where you are listening today or tonight or cuddled up in your bed. It's a very dull, dismal day here in Tennessee. We're getting into winter and it's very cold, but we could have a few lovely warm days yet before Christmas. And uh, some of you, of course, you're enjoying summer while we are enjoying winter. Anyway, we're going to get on today, uh, continuing to talk about this amazing, awesome, incredible, astounding creation of the baby in the womb. This is our fifth session on this series, and I hope to finish it today because next week I've asked my daughter Pearl to come and uh, be with us on the podcast, so I know you'll just want to be hearing her. So let's get on with it today. We are still in Psalm 139, and we were talking last week about how God skillfully creates the baby in the womb. And it's the picture of a needle worker uh, just stitching everything together. God uses beautiful picturesque language in his word. And it says that he creates the baby in the in the darkness, in the uh, dark place of the womb. But of course, we understand that Dark, light and darkness are the same with God. Another beautiful thing for us to remember is that because God is the one who began our lives, right at the conception, God was there. Conception does not happen without God. God is in it all. And because he is there at the very beginning of our lives, we can trust him that he is going to continue to work in our lives. He works in our lives, creating and preparing us to come forth into this world while we are in those months in the womb. But he doesn't forget about us when we come into this world. No, God never forgets about you. The Bible says, can a woman forget her sucking child? Well, the Bible says she may forget, but I will not forget you, says the Lord. You are graven on the palms of my hands. And so you can be confident that God is still working in your life of course, if you will let him. I love that scripture in Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so God began his work in you at conception. And he's going to continue that work in you until the day that you meet him face to face. 
you can trust him. You can bring this promise before him. You can say, thank you, Father. Thank you that you are working in me today. Because God's work, even in the womb, is not only physically, but it's inwardly. We also are aware, too, that when the little baby is born into this world, he's still not completely and fully developed. His respiratory system is still not fully developed. And that's why it's so important to have skin-to-skin contact with the baby. It's better for your baby to be next to you, even in bed at night, skin to skin, than lying in a bed on its own. Because skin to skin contact helps to develop that respiratory system. And uh, the eyes are not fully developed. Uh, They often continue developing, even up to two years. The brain is not fully developed at birth either. Many scientists have said for years that the brain doesn't reach full maturity until about 25 years of age. Although now we have newer scientists saying that they believe uh, that the brain reaches full maturity at 13 years of age. That's the thing with science. It keeps changing. And often, of course, as they have uh, more uh, incredible uh, instruments and machinery to be able to find out more, uh, their understanding becomes more knowledgeable. So at the moment, there is a little fight with scientists between, okay, is it 25 years or is it 13 years? I think I'll go with the 13 years because... That's a more modern scientific discovery. And also, I think that as our children uh, come into those adolescent years, I believe it's the time for them to mature into adult, not to still act like little children. We know that the Israeli people, they have a bar mitzvah for their sons when they are 13, and they are expected then to uh, grow into maturity. So I don't know for sure, but I think I'll go with the 13 years. But it's interesting that even though some of the physical parts of the body still continue to mature, and of course the whole body does as it grows, a little. we don't look like the little baby we are. Uh, were when we were born. We're totally different now. We're growing all the time. That's the amazing thing about God's creation. It continues. And it's not only physically, but it's the inner workings as well. You remember how at the very beginning of this passage, it talks about how God possesses our reins. And our reins speak of our uh, mind and heart and emotions and the inner workings of who we are. And God continues to work on our inner man. He wants to take us from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He wants to change us and mold us into the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. And so he continues to work on us, yes, physically, but in us. 
Oh, trust him to continue working in you. Ask him to work in you more and more every day. Well, let's go on to the next scripture, verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. The word for substance here is a different word than the one we've already read. We talked about substance, how it means our bones and our frame and how God is creating the bones of the baby in the womb. But here uh, it doesn't mean that. It's a totally different word. The word is golem and it means a wrapped and formed mass. The embryo comes from a root word Galem, meaning to fold, to wrap together. And it's a picture of the baby in the womb and the very early stages of the folded fetal position. And the psalmist is here trying to describe that. It's so difficult to describe it in in words. And it's amazing because the psalmist who wrote these words had never seen an ultrasound. Uh, he had no idea of what everything looked like in the womb and yet God was supernaturally he was writing by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and uh, seeing perhaps far more than we even understand today and uh, it says here thine eyes did see Yes, God saw us right from the very beginning just as that little embryo But did you know that God even saw us beyond that? He saw us even before we were conceived. That's the teaching of the word of God. He saw us. His eyes beheld us even before we were conceived. Isn't that amazing? You see, God is the great architect No architect suddenly builds a building. Okay, let's build this amazing, uh, wonderful building and uh, make it all this incredible design. No, he first sits down at his drawing board and he uses his imagination and his skill uh, to create a whole new design, something no one else has ever built before. And so he makes the plans. And God does this too. He was the first architect. And of course, he designed, he was the designer of who we are today, male and female, and the way he created the male, and the way he created the female. And all God's works are perfect. Over and over again, the scripture says, the works of God are perfect. They were planned in the eternal realm. But not only did he plan the way he would create man and woman, but he has a special design, a special unique design for every new human being. You are different from everyone else in the world. I am different from everyone else in the world. My, I'm so glad there's only one of me. It would be not so good to have too many of me around. But isn't God so good? Every single person who's ever been born in this world is unique and different. In Jeremiah 
chapter 1, verse 5, we see a picture of this. And God is speaking to Jeremiah. And he says, Before I formed thee in the womb, did you notice that first word? Before. Before. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. Isn't that amazing? God knew Jeremiah before he was even conceived. God knew you before you were even conceived. God knew each one of your precious children before they were conceived. Well, our God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Sometimes, precious ladies, we need to take time to contemplate on the character of our God and who he is. We dare not take him for granted. We dare not bring him down to our level. There is a scripture that says, and God is speaking, and he says, And you thought that I was altogether like one of you? I will rebuke you, the Lord says. And how often we are guilty of doing this. We, because we're so human, we tend to bring God down to our level. No, he is God. He is the omniscient God, the all-knowing. He knows your thoughts that you haven't yet thought. The thoughts you will think in the next hour, in the next day, in the next week, he knows them before you even think them. This is our God. And so he knew Jeremiah before he was born. And he knows us, each one of us, before we were born. Let's look at it a little more personally. And notice all the pronouns. I'll read it for, to you again, this same scripture from the uh, New English translation. Before I formed you, God is speaking personally to Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is no longer in the womb. He's no longer a little baby. He's no longer a child. He's grown up. And God is speaking to a grown-up person. And he says, before I formed you, yes, I'm speaking to you, Jeremiah, but you, uh, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. In those two little scriptures, we have six times God speaks to Jeremiah using the pronoun you. Yes, you were, Jeremiah was Jeremiah right when he was conceived. He was the same person. That was when his DNA was put together, when the uh, 23 chromosomes of his father and the 23 chromosomes of his mother came together and that became Jeremiah and that was his DNA and that was on his, would be on his fingerprints and no one will ever have that DNA again and that was him from conception. It's the same. I was me when I was conceived. Same person. You were you when you were conceived. 
So let's have a look a little bit more at that scripture, shall we? In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, because it's an amazing scripture. And we'll look at some of the words. And the first thing it says that I formed you. I formed you. Now that's the same word that we have in Psalm 139, verse 16, in this special passage we're looking at. And in this scripture, it, God says that he fashions us. And so he's talking about the little embryo in the womb at the very beginning of conception and growing in the womb. And he says, I'm, I fashioned this little baby. Uh, here he says, I formed, but it's the same Hebrew word. It's Yetzah, Y-A-T-S-A-R. And if you want to know a little bit more, it's number 335 in the Strong's Concordance. And this is what it means. To squeeze into shape, to mold into a form, as a potter molds uh, the shape and molds it into a beautiful form, to fashion, to make, and to have purpose. And so that's the meaning of this word. Same word in verse 16 here in Psalm 139. Same word here in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. When I find a word in the scriptures, I love to find the other scriptures where the same word is used. And when you do that, you get a greater understanding of that word. Now, I won't give you all the scriptures because there's loads of scriptures in the Bible with this Yatsar word in it. But can I give you just a few? Zechariah 12 verse 1. The Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth, that's the word, that formeth, fashioneth, the word Yetzar, the spirit of man within him. Oh, ladies, isn't that a powerful scripture? Because here God is saying, that he not only forms the physical frame and bones and sinews and organs and uh, vessels of the body, but he's the one who forms the spirit of the man, the, the mind and the heart and the soul and the inner workings, the conscience, that God consciousness God forms that as well. You see, this is the wonder, the awe of God creating a life in the womb. It's not just physical. It's spiritual as well. And God begins that in the womb. And here we have it in proof. It is God that fashions the spirit of man within him. Let's read Isaiah 44, 22. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee, there's the word, formed thee from the womb. Do you notice how God loves using the word womb? It's a, wo it's a word that God loves. 
I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by itself. Now, here in this scripture, we see that the formation and fashioning on the, of the baby in the womb is likened to the creating of the world. That's how awesome it is. Uh, let me take you to a few more scriptures. These scriptures talk about uh, God being the potter. And it's the same word again, ladies. See, that's the exciting thing of finding out what the Hebrew word is. Because when you find that word out and you find all the other places where it is used in the scripture, you find that so many different words are used. Now, we've just already uh, seen it's used fashions, it used form, and now we're going to read some verses about how it's translated potter and uh, other different words. So let's go. Isaiah twenty nine sixteen. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. That's the word. Yetzar. For shall the work say of him that made it? He made me not. Or shall the thing frame say of him that made it? He had no understanding. And here God is challenging us. And this is a challenge to us as women. I often hear women complaining about being a woman, complaining about their womanly cycle, complaining even about their womb. In fact, there are many women who they don't even want their womb to function. In fact, they go to great lengths to make sure it can't function. They make sure they cannot conceive. And yet here God challenges us in, in saying, do you not understand the way I made you? Now, you know many potters, but God is the potter. He is the first potter. He is the original potter. In fact, the God is the first of everything, ladies. He was the first architect. He was the first home builder. He was the one who created the Garden of Eden, the first home, which is a prototype of all homes to come. He was the first clothes designer. He is the one who, after Adam and Eve had sinned, uh, what did they do? Oh, they found some fig leaves and put it around them, but that didn't clothe them. God had to come and God had to kill an animal and shed blood. And then he made clothes that completely covered them from the shoulder down, because that's what the Hebrew says. It was a full covering. Now, I believe that those clothes were not just some skin hanging around their backs. Have you seen pictures of Adam and Eve just going out of the garden and they've got sort of a, a sheepskin or some kind of bearskin just hanging around their shoulders. Oh, goodness me, ladies. Oh, our God, the creator of the world, the creator, the awesome designer of the baby in the womb. 
He doesn't just give a bit of a sheepskin or bear skin or cow sting to throw over your shoulders. I am sure that that those clothing that Adam and Eve wore would be have been the most beautiful leather design that you could have ever behold. I mean, sometimes we see clothes made out of leather, but they would not have a patch on that design that God created out of those skins. They would have been beautiful and amazing and incredible. So he was the first real estate agent. He was the first embroiderer. We could just go on and on. But he was also the first potter. And he said, I'm the potter. I'm the one who designed your body. And you don't want to accept it. Do you think you know better than me? Then we go to Isaiah 45, 9 and 10. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Same word, Yetzer, the one who forms and fashions, the one who is the potter. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it? Same word. What makest thou? Or thy work? He hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, What hast thou brought forth? So God challenges us when we complain or when we reject the way God created us, the way he created our female bodies, precious ladies, the most basic, most um, knowledgeable, the most reasonable thing we can do is embrace and accept the way our potter, our maker, our designer created us. He's the creator. He knows what he's doing. Now we read Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our father, and we are the clay, and thou art our potter, and we are all the work of thy hand. Psalm 100, verse 3, Know ye not that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. In the margin of my Bible, it says, for the words, not we ourselves, it says, his we are. We belong to him. He was our creator, and we belong to him. We found that out at the very beginning of this passage in Psalm 139. If you have been listening to this series, if not, I'd encourage you to go back. This is number five in the series. Go back to the very beginning. And we found that the first thing God says about creating the baby in the womb is that God possessed us. And that means he owns us. He is the owner. Because he is the creator. His we are. We belong to him. Psalm 119.73 Thy hands hath made me and fashioned me. And so we get all these beautiful scriptures, just some of them I've given to you, of how God forms and fashions us. And back to Jeremiah 1 verse 5, God not only fashioned him, he says, that God knew him, knew him, 
before he was born. Ladies, how can a mother abort a child in her womb that God already knows? A child that God knew before it was conceived? This is a child that is in God's heart. Number three, God sanctified him in the womb. The word is Kadesh. It means to be set apart as a holy vessel, purified, dedicated, and consecrated. This is where God's... What's, what's our time? Oh, we're 30 minutes, ladies. Well, I'll have to start wrapping up, won't I? Okay, so God sanctified him, and he also appointed his destiny. God appointed the destiny of Jeremiah, not when he was 12 years old, not when he was 25 years old, but when he was in the womb. In the womb, I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Amen. Yes, isn't that wonderful? Oh, here's another one. I must read you this. Isaiah 49, 1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother, hath he made mention of my name. This is actually a messianic scripture regarding Jesus. But isn't it amazing that even in this Messianic scripture that God is not ashamed to use these words, to use the word womb and mother because these words are so precious to God. Now, let's get to this next point in this scripture. Uh, Not only is he fashioning the baby, but he says that while we were in the womb, that he wrote everything about us, about the way he created us, about every member of our physical body, and also our inner workings too, as we've been finding out, and our destiny, he wrote them all in a book. Yes, God has books, lots of books. Actually, that's another study that I want to do, all the different kinds of books that God has. But one of the books he has, maybe he's got hundreds and thousands and millions of books of these, of how he's writing about every little thing about us in the womb and our destiny. Um, Now, that word book, let me see, because somewhere I have told got what it means. Yes, it's safer. The word uh, safer, or however you pronounce it in the Hebrew, and it means writing. It means a book, a letter, a scroll, or a scribe. So God is also a scribe. He was the first scribe. He was the first of everything. And we also see, um, oh yes, And so after the psalmist has been writing all these amazing, amazing descriptions of how God creates the baby in the womb, before before we were even conceived, he goes on to say in verse 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! 
If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. And after the psalmist has um, described these incredible, miraculous workings in the womb, and we have been five weeks talking about them, he goes on to say, oh, I just can hardly take them in. I mean, they are just more than I can ever imagine. And because they don't just finish in the womb, they start there in the womb. And God just continues his workings uh, with us every day. Now, I would like to finish with just revealing something to you from this beautiful psalm. I hope you'll read the whole psalm over again uh, because it's so wonderful. But in this psalm, we see uh, beautiful aspects of the character of God. We see his omniscience. That's his all-knowingness. God knows everything. And we see that in verses 1 to 6. And uh, I won't read it all. Um, Perhaps just a little, little bit here. Um, Yes, you compass my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, you know it altogether. That's a bit challenging, isn't it, with some of the words we say sometimes. Wow. He says, you've beset me before and behind and and so on. And also, uh, we see his omniscience in the passage we have been learning about the creating of the baby. And then we see the omnipresence of God revealed in this psalm. In verses 7 to 12, and the psalmist says, It doesn't matter where I go. I can't even get away from your presence. If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I go to the lowest parts of of the depths, you are there. There is nowhere I can go where God is not. Because he is omnipresent present. Oh, it's so incredible. And then we see his omnipotence. That is his all-powerfulness. And we learned so much of that uh, in verses 13 to 16 of his creation of the baby in the womb. In this creation, we see his omniscience and his omnipotence. And uh, then we see him as the omnibenevolent God, the God who is all good and all loving. When he said, how precious are your thoughts to me and how great is the sum of them and so on. And then we also see his omnisapience. That's his all uh, wisdom. God is all wisdom. He is the only one who has all wisdom. We know some people who can be very wise, but they only have a an aspect of wisdom. It's only God's. Romans sixteen twenty seven says, To the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. 
It's only in Christ that are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They are all in him. And we see his wisdom as we have been studying this beautiful passage of Psalm 139 and the creation of the baby. And so therefore, ladies, I love that, don't you? We see one, two, three, four, five of the omni-descriptions of our wonderful God in this psalm. Well, time has gone and I trust you have been blessed. If you haven't got to hear all the sessions, we've done five sessions on this passage, Uh, go back and listen to them all. You will be so blessed. Let me pray. Dear Father, I thank you so much for your incredible creation, that you are the one who fashioned us and formed us in the womb. We thank you, O God, that your workings in our lives do not stop at the womb, but you continue to work in us. You have promised to continue working in us, and we can be confident that you will do this until the day of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you will move and work in every heart and soul and mind of every precious mother and daughter listening to this podcast, that we will all be those who are soft and sensitive and open to listen to your voice, to be open to your workings in our lives. Lord, we know that sometimes your workings are not easy because you have to deal with us, you have to speak to us, you have to correct us, and it's not always easy. But we thank you that, Lord, as we receive this from you, you bring us into a larger place, and you grow us, and we grow. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to all grow into the image of Christ, for that is your ultimate plan for our lives. We thank you, Father, and I bless every mother, every wife, every daughter listening now in the precious name of Jesus.